The new Killer Cam design is dropping today, so stop by the merch store. And just remember, from October 24th to 26th, there's 25% off of everything in the store. Check out the new design. Check out some of our older designs, some of the classic designs. Keep rocking with the Chop Shop. Keep supporting the channel. We're going to keep dropping that fire. This is something I know, I know, I know. So the Rockets just uh, defeated the Miami Heat 110-104. This was a good game. To me, this game was significant for multiple reasons. Um, The biggest being that we haven't beat the Heat in over four years. The last time the Rockets beat the Miami Heat was November 27th, 2019. This pre-pandemic. Like, that's crazy. The last time the Rockets beat the Heat, coronavirus wasn't a thing yet. So um, and what does that speak to? That speaks to a lot of uh, to me, it's more of the coaching, because even in preseason, we couldn't beat them. We didn't beat them when they play their starters. We didn't beat them when they sat their starters. We didn't beat them when we played our starters and their their bench was playing because when you play Eric Spolstra, it's going to be about the, the system more than the actual players. Everybody knows about heat culture and um, how they turn these randos into like role players that are giving you 30 points in the playoffs. And for the Rockets under the old regime, they just couldn't crack that. And for Emil Doka uh, to coach this team this early on to be able to make the adjustments, to be able to beat a team like Miami and a coach like Eric Spolstra to me is significant. Um, that is uh, very significant to me. And, um, you know, it, it was a good game. And, and it really speaks to what the Rockets have to do this season to make up for some of their shortcomings. Because right now, we're one of the worst shooting teams in the NBA. Um, we, we, we are one of the worst shooting teams in the NBA. Last time I checked, I think we ranked maybe 28th in uh, effective field goal percentage out of the, out of the uh, 30 teams in the NBA. Um, but we are still, you know, top 10 in net rating in the league uh, for the preseason. And we are still the number one uh, transition defense team in the league and number two overall defense team in the league. And that stuff travels. And it really speaks to how the Rockets are going to have to uh, attack this season. But for the game against the Heat, um, some notable, you know, standout performances. Uh, Jalen Green being back was incredibly, you know, it, it was like night and day. You can see the impact he has on a team because of the scoring and the rim pressure that he provides, even able to make some great passing uh, passes and then just gives your guard rotation a a huge lift that we don't have. Um, You know, with the previous Spurs game, a lot of our guards were not able to get in the paint. You can see with Jalen, he was getting in the paint, uh, getting downhill on guys, getting to the free throw line, able to, you know, convert some of his layups. You kind of hope he gets a little bit better at finishing at the rim, gets a little stronger when he attacks, able to brace himself so he can draw more fouls. But you're pleased with what he brings because it does balance out what the team is trying to do. Uh, We don't have a lot of guys that can just get downhill um, and get in the paint. And the, you know, the ones we do have, they're super young and they're probably not going to be playing that much with a man and Cam Cam Whitmore. But, you know, Jalen had a good game. You know, he didn't shoot great. But he hasn't really shot well throughout the preseason. But that's to me, once again, I'm going to keep saying this. His actual scoring itself is not what he he is like. That's not his superpower. That's going to help the team win, per se. It's what he does with that scoring. How does he leverage the defense? Like I said, him getting downhill, 
into the paint, forcing collapse of the defense, forcing their bigs to back up a little bit more. It makes it easier on the spacing and guys are able to get better shots off of that. It also generates open looks for Al P and some of the other bigs that he plays with. And also just just overall him as a spacer and with his um, ability to cut, get into the paint or even space out as a shooter, even though he's not shooting great. Those are all things that um, he's impacting the, the game on. And that's all you could really ask for for a young two guard. So, you know, I think he, he was very impactful for me, um, him being out there on the court with the guys. You can see he's still trying to figure out where he fits on the team as far as offensively, when he should take his shots, where his spots are. And all that's going to come. That's going to be the last thing to come along. But right now, you love to see the effort on defense that all of the guys are showing. And, um, you know, just learning to be in the right spots and re- learning to play winning basketball uh, for there. You know, in his 28 minutes, he shot six of 15 on the court. 40% from the field, 42% from three. Two of those threes were like some really tough, tough shots um, to hit. That's, you know, that's what is special about him. Is he's a tough shot maker. Uh, five attempts at the line, hit all five. Uh, you know what I mean? Four rebounds, which you love. He was getting up in the sky, getting those rebounds, and then uh, just uh, one assist. You know, that number we'd expect to go up. Only two turnovers. Uh, was a plus two. Uh, in the matchup, him and Dylan Brooks were the only pluses in the in the starting in the starting unit. Um, but great to have Jalen back. Um, I think that as the season goes along, his offensive game is going to catch up. The defense, it's still a, a mixed bag with him. But um, right now, all you ask for for these dudes is effort. And we were talking about this on the live stream, uh, you know, last night. When you think about it, um, what what are we really expecting from these guys, right? These are dudes that have been under a certain system, especially Jalen and Alperin's class for two years, right? They've been under the Steven Silas uh, coach team for two seasons, playing with Christian Wood, Kevin Porter Jr., Eric Gordon, all the all the dysfunction that came along with that. And in four preseason games, people expect them to be like just transformed. Um, it's not going to happen that fast. I keep saying you guys got to give them a little bit more runway I can foresee this, like all the kind of figuring stuff out, go into, like I said, the end of this year, the calendar year, probably around January, February, you'll start seeing them kind of get some cohesion um, on the team. And when that happens, they're going to be off to the races. I think if they're going to make a a, a playoff or a play-in push with this team, it's going to be based on them one not having a horrible start i don't think they might start off bumpy but they can't just you know be like one in 15 or anything stupid like that but just keeping afloat for the first you know two months of the season and then uh making a strong push on the on the latter half of the season i think that's what the season is going to look like and you know similar to what boston did um you know in their first year under coach doka as he was changing things there's always going to be like a transitionary period where people try to figure out their roles figuring out your roles who am i where do i fit um what what does the the coach expect from me what do my teammates expect from me especially for younger players that haven't been under a structure that demands any of those questions um it's going to be a challenge and you know i think they're up for it like i said all you can ask for is is um is just effort and they're giving that so for jabari um his, his game he didn't have a great game but you know it wasn't terrible he was a you know team low minus 10 uh in the in the game the thing that uh, I'm I'm not worried about Jabari's offense. You know, he only shot 37 percent and 25 from three. Um, but what what is a bit concerning is, is the defense um, that he's showing. Not great in the perimeter. Not great in the post. Um, 
you know, I'm not sure what is causing that because Jabari, by all accounts, will be a great defender. I'm not super worried about it, but I do want him to take strides on that end of the court. And, and it seems like just like with Jalen and Alperin, he is uh, a tick slow. Like there, you can watch them literally try to process what's going on, and it's understandable. It's understandable. I, I uh, once again made this comment um, on our previous stream um, about the new system. I, I forgot who it was. I, I think it was Jackson Gallon that asked Coach about uh, guys picking up the defense and how the young guys are doing. Um, and Coach Udoka pointed out that it's not just the young guys that have to make an adjustment to the defense. Also, some of the vets because. What they're asking them is something totally different than they're used to doing, right? You think of a guy like Dylan Brooks, who is a guy that you throw on the other team's best player. Like he's going to be the the defensive specialist that his primary assignment is the other team's best wing scorer, best scoring guard, whatever it is. He's going to follow them. They go to the bathroom. He's going to the bathroom. They go get popcorn. He's going to get pop. They sit on the bench. He sit on the bench. But on the Rockets, he's being asked to guard within the concept of a team uh, construct, right? You're guarding on a team. You have to switch out all on ball, off ball, communicate openly, which for him, communication is not an issue. But being asked to be uh, more of a team and help defender is a different challenge for Dylan. And um, in the Spurs game, he struggled a bit with that. And, you know, he referenced it in some of his interviews, not not uh, giving, you know, guys the ability to get to the basket. He was getting cut on a lot. Teams were cutting on him because he's used to being aggressive, used to overplaying, used to being physical. And when you're that physical and aggressive, you're going to susceptible to being cut, uh, being cut, backdoored, all that stuff. So um, say all that to say, like, this is a a lot for people to learn, especially these players. So this is like brand new for them. So there's going to be definitely bumps. And I think Jabari's going through that. When he gets to the point where he can naturally kind of use his God-given abilities to be able to play defense, then I think that's when we'll, we'll be able to see that. They, that may not be maybe towards the end of this year or, or next year. So I'm going to give him a little, a little grace on that um, as far as, as the season goes along. But as far as us trying to win games... He does need to be better than he showed in preseason, um, especially in the post, like the post defense. He plays smaller than he actually is. Somebody got to tell him, bro, you're 6'11". Like use your length, use your 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 wingspan and, and use that to, to deter players from getting just easy layups when they post you up. So uh, that's definitely something he's going to work on offensively. I think Jabari has shown that he's kept that consistency from the preseason. Um, from the from the summer league from the end of last year he's carried over to this year and um, if that is a thing that's here to stay then Jabari is going to be okay right we were all worried well y'all were worried about oh Jabari can't create shots oh Jabari can't dribble he still cannot dribble as you guys saw he had like five turnovers in a game but um, like I said I said this you know there's a video on our channel um, I don't know what it's called I think it's like Jabari Smith is going to be a five or something like that Go look at it. Look at what me and Space were talking about and who the comps were that we brought up with Jabari, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki. Um, the point of all that is to say Jabari's bread and butter is going to be in the mid to high post. That's what he's built for. I've seen his archetype before um, a million times. And if you watch basketball long enough, you know what the damage a 6-11 forward that can shoot can do to teams in the playoffs. That's what's exciting about players like him. That's what you get excited about. So when people want him to, um, you know, simply just oh get on the perimeter and, you know, try to cook from there, 
it, you know, kind of shows a little bit, uh, a little lack of knowledge about the game and the totality of it. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend on Twitter about his shot diet. I love his shot diet. Um, they were saying, give him more post touches. No, like it's fine the way it is. You don't go to that, that, that well for post touches until it's situational. I love the fact that he's not taking a million threes. I love the fact that he's playing within the flow of the offense, getting some chances to run some pick and roll as a screener, as a ball handler. He's getting some chances to get some actions in the mid to high post. He's getting some chances to cut. He's getting some chances to space on the three. That's really all you could ask for um, from an offensive uh, uh, perspective. And I had said this in my in my you know videos, kind of talking about why Jabari struggled under Steven Silas. They forced him to just shoot three, three threes. You can't also force him to get post up, post up, post ups because one, that's not efficient offense. And two, um, he's not that great of a passer yet to feature that. But if I need a go to bucket, that's the guy I'm going to on the team right now, because that little fadeaway he got in the post, it seems unguardable. It seems unguardable. And when you're in a close game setting, playoff setting, fourth quarter, one minute left, we need a bucket where, you know, game's tied or we're down to. I'd rather set a play for Jabari to get a, get an isolation on the on the block. And if they want to uh, trap him off of that, he just got to make the simple pass. Somebody cut, uh, somebody space out for him, set a screen, a flare screen so he can get a, a pass over to a teammate for an open shot. So, um, you know, I think overall his preseason has been good. Um, and, and, you know, he showed a lot of progression from where he started. Y'all remember Jabari came in looking like Bambi, like bro legs was all shaky. He can dribble the ball up the court without like losing his handle. Um, so you just got to look at, you know, these players relative to who they were when they first started playing here. And I think for him, he's made huge leaps in his game. So proud of him. He just got to keep that up. I think for Fred Van Fleet, he had his most efficient game. And I think for him, um, this type of game that we saw is what we expect from Fred. Uh, meaning he doesn't have to shoot. Let me see. He shot 70% from field goal, 75 from three. That's not what I meant, but he had 20 points and you wouldn't even tell that he, he shot, you know, he took 10 shots. It was so quiet and the six assists, that's kind of the Fred you want an efficient kind of a balance of scoring and, and, and setting up the team, uh, pacing the team, doing all the little stuff you love from your point guard. Um, I think he did a great job doing that. Um, Fred is going to be a very uh, important player for us and getting us organized and getting the team settled. I love the little stuff. You got to watch some of the things he does on the sidelines as well. Um, there was a play uh, where Alp was able to fake the two heat defenders out to get an and one. And if you see what Fred said to him, basically he told him, go dunk it. Because he's seen Alp struggling getting blocked and, 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 you know, missing his shots. And he was telling him, go dunk it. Like little tips like that. You know what Alp tried to do the next play? He tried to dunk it. Bro got hung though. He got hung. Yeah, he tried to dunk it and got hung, but um, you can see the influence. You know, they they all look up to him and Dylan and and Jeff as like these big uncles, big brothers. And I and one thing you like about our group of young guys is that they actually want to learn and they're eager about learning and want to please um, their their the the coaches, coaching staff, and the vets on the team. And with that kind of humility, they're approaching the game. It's going to get them far because they already have talent. When you have talent, humility, and work ethic, you know, that, that's when you cook in something. So um, definitely, uh, you know, Fred had a great game. I, I love the way he paced it. Uh, defense was solid per usual. Um, and, and going into the season, obviously, if you guys know, vets have different levels they could turn up to. We haven't even seen the real Fred Van Bleet or Dylan Brooks. You know, these guys have been in battles. Fred is a champion. Uh, so 
you got one of the things you learn as a vet is how to pace yourself and pace the game. And you're not going to see him going like it's game seven in Milwaukee on in the Eastern Conference finals in the preseason game. So, you know, all of this stuff you take with a grain of salt. But I love his uh, overall play, uh, despite the efficiency to me, efficiency is, you know, whatever, but you got to look at some of the intangibles he brings. And I think he's going to earn every dollar. He better. I mean, that man making 41 M's, he better earn now, but, um, I appreciate, um, you know, how he, he's setting up the team for Alperin Shangun. Um, I think that overall takeaways, and I, I might do a separate video just looking over the entire preseason, but overall takeaways from him is that, you know, from this game is he's still a work in progress and, you could see there's there were parts of the game, particularly I didn't like how he started off. I think his energy was bad, um, was kind of slow and dragging a little bit in the first quarter. Um, after he came back off the bench, played with a much, much better tempo, much better pace. And, and you could see that he is still trying to figure it out. I also think fatigue became an issue for him in the second half because after he had that series uh, sequence where he was um, you know, he got a block, he got another block, then got this play and did that. Um, he kind of got tired. And once he got tired, he started bending over at the waist on defense and reaching. Usually that's when he starts fouling. So his conditioning is definitely going to need to improve to be able to carry the burden of being a two-way player. And 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 he has been, you know, not a two-way. The funny thing is that for Alperin, he's been a one-way player. And the, the best play, uh, a part of the court he's played on is defense. Um, his defense this this uh, preseason has been solid. Like Alperin has been a great defender. I mean, he's top eight in the NBA in blocks right now. Um, and, you know, just the, him playing in space, being able to guard in isolation. The Rockets having a number two overall defense in preseason is is a credit to him. You know, what I mean, him and, and obviously Dylan and Fred and Jalen and all the guys and Tari and Bari and the team. But. Your center is so crucial on your defense and being able to put a guy in position to be successful is something that, you know, a good coach does. And I think email has done that for Alperin and, and a lot of the stuff that we've seen and he and Coach Doga kind of validated what I was I was saying. This is not what you're going to see. Like we've seen experimental lineups, experimental defenses. Um, they know what he's good at. Um, they know what Jalen's good at. They know what all these guys usually play well under the circumstances they play well under but the preseason the goal for the preseason is not to put your players in favorable positions um, to succeed the goal of the preseason is to assess where their strengths and weaknesses lie and I think they've been doing a great job with that and and you know even some of the funny lineups um, he knows about that that those aren't necessarily going to be what they're going to do during the season so you can only appreciate um, that he's trying to help these players get to their uh, strengths and weaknesses and learn so they can know where to be during the season and, you know, some things they need to work on. And for Al P, obviously, I think once again, the fatigue becomes an issue. But overall in the game, I, you know, he had a solid game, uh, you know, 26 minutes. He only shot 37 uh, percent from the field. Not a great offensive game, but had 16 points. 12 rebounds, four blocks, only one turnover, which you love. Um, he had seven offensive rebounds, you know, a beast on the boards and got to the free throw line six times. This is off a bad offensive game. So the thing is, when he gets good in the offense again, hopefully he remembers that the reason he got drafted was his offensive skills. You combine that with the effort. That's what I'm saying with the patience thing. You got to give these guys a little bit of runway to figure it out. Because you know the talent's there. 
everybody was saying, oh, Alper Shangun, all he can do is play an offense. He's an offensive genius, blah, blah, blah. He's playing good defense. Everybody's in crickets. Crickets, right? Now it's his offense. So let's just give him, like, my thing is, you know, it may seem like I'm biased towards Alperin Shangun, um, but I honestly, I see the talent that's there. I'm sure the coaches see the talent that's there. You have to give it time to show whether it's there or not. If there was a better player on our roster that should be our starting center right now, yeah, play him over Alp. I don't care if he's on the bench. As I has, I'm trying to win games. I'm a Houston Rockets fan, right? Um, but we don't have a better player, so he is what we have right now, right? And if he is here, you want him to be successful. So I think they know that they have to play the the cards that they have. And right now at the five, he's our best shot at winning games. Um, if they are able to bring in somebody that can play next to him, cool. If they bring in somebody that can play behind him, cool. If they bring in somebody that can play ahead of him, I'm perfectly fine with that. As long as the Rockets are in the most favorable positions to win. From my honest assessment, I feel like right now with the construct of our team, him playing well on defense, him being an offensive playmaker and doing what he does, really lends well to the team's success. So, you know, that's really what we want to see going forward. I want him to pick up his his swag. He's kind of low on the swag right now. I really don't like uh, on the offensive end how he's like he's navigating. And I think he needs to get back to being himself. And I think the same thing for Jalen Green and some of the other guys, it all goes back to trying to figure out where you rank on the team. Where do I fit in? on the team one thing i'm gonna keep saying none of our guys are selfish none of them come off as oh it's got to be me or not i think they they are genuinely trying to figure out where they fall in and once they do i think it's going to be off to the races for them the last player i want to talk about from this game is a man thompson um man thompson had probably the best individual game from uh everybody 19 points four assists seven rebounds uh, two steals. He shot 66% from the field, only took one three-point attempt, with, which is okay in 24 minutes. Dude was everywhere. I mean, the the crossover to the dunk. I mean, the the, the rebounding, getting downhill, the passes. I mean, he he is different. Um, and, and this is just scratching the surface. The men still doesn't have a sharp handle. So that's still going to have to come because, um, you know, if you can't really handle with that athleticism and body type you have, it's like, you know, what I mean, it's 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 not that's not going to be able to maximize his skill set. So I know he's going to work on that dude is a is a is a just a grinder in the gym. So, you know, he's going to get better at that. Um, but his overall game, man, it's just exciting to see you get glimpses of a player that athletically is just a heads and shoulders, probably above everybody else on the team. And to me, athletic athleticism isn't just like dunking and like jumping and being able to do like amazing. His athleticism translates to his skill. And we were talking about this on the live stream about his ability to make passes. When I talk about that, using his wingspan, his his strength and and the, and his abilities to be able to make passes that other players just cannot make. It's not a, a, a thing that guys don't see those passes like Alperin and Fred. They could make certain passes and they could see it. You know, Alpi had that great no look dime to to a man, but because of a man's physical stature, some of the passes he can make, it's only for him. And you look at guys like LeBron and some of those guys, like the velocity on the passes, the what they call mustard on there. It, it is crazy to see. And I just keep banking on his work ethic because honestly, for him to be getting minutes this early on this team with a coach like Coach Udoka speaks volumes to the level of trust they have for him and to me his ability to pick up what they're doing and coach Udoka said that 
he's playing off of instinct right now. This isn't even a man like understanding the game. Dude does not. He's not like, oh, he can read NBAs. The game is not slow for him. This is his baseline. This is I'm just out here just trying to help the team win. That is exciting stuff to see. I expect big things from him this year. Also notice that Cam Whitmore didn't really get a chance to get into the game until late, which, yes, I think that Cam is not going to be early on in the season in the rotation. Um, I think maybe circumstances may force him to have to come up, but Cam has a lot, a long way to go. One thing I am super pleased with is his defensive performance. I didn't know he was a natural uh, team defender. He, he is a natural team defender. His switches are crisp. He's able to read the defense, you know, off of instincts. Remind me a bit of Tari Eason, not as uh, good as far as using his tools to his advantage. But Cam's size and his foot foot speed, able to change direction, um, good hips on defense. If he can really buy into defense, like his body type, usually, you know, those Drew Holiday, those Lou Dort, thick, long wingspan kind of guards, um, when they are good defenders, they, they, that's like all NBA level. I'm not saying Cam's going to be all NBA level defender. Most of it is going to be mental for him, both sides of the court. But I, I pray and hope that he buys into being playing that role first and then let his natural offensive skills phase in as, as the opportunities show up. But overall, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the preseason was a success for me going four on one, playing different styles of teams, showing that you could, you could fight on, on different styles. You know, you could switch it up. The Rockets could go, you know, you want to slug it out. They could slug it out with you. You want to, you want to do a boxing match. They could box it. You want to put, you know, you a Southpaw, they could adjust. So they, we have different styles. We're not stuck on one thing. Some games they switch one through five, even without print. Some games they play the drop. So in, in this heat game, I noticed they played the drop and switch so they're they're giving us different looks and the guys are picking it up slowly but surely um but you know all of that is 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 great but it, it's gonna matter on 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 wednesday coming up against orlando magic i'm gonna do a breakdown for that game obviously before but um just wanted to get my thoughts on the miami heat game i thought it was a great game uh, appreciate you guys for supporting the channel the season is finally here exciting times ahead of us um we're going to get to break down some good, real basketball that has meaning, meaningfulness to it. No more. We're tanking for this and this player. We're trying to win, bro. We're trying to win. And that's all you could ask for. Y'all let me know who is your favorite player from the Heat game. Uh, keep supporting the channel. If you're still listening to this podcast at this point, go ahead and hit the like button. And if you're new to the channel, hit the subscribe button. Keep rocking with the Chop Shop. We're going to keep dropping that. Fuck.